I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute. Darren Weekly is the elected sheriff of Douglas County, Colorado. He recently joined other law enforcement officials to testify against a bunch of anti-gun bills at the state legislature, including bills to outlaw so-called assault weapons. And I thought cops wanted common sense gun laws. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel, IITV, which stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I hope you enjoy this discussion. As you know, law enforcement loves gun control. It's one of the best held myths in the world. To help me with that, the sheriff from Douglas County, Darren Weekly. So glad to have you. Thanks for having me. And you've been on the job for like a month now, so you've, you've got it all. Uh, about three months, three months. Oh, three months? Yeah. Oh, well, and you can retire. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, but you've been a deputy for uh, almost three decades in the yeah. same place. Yeah, uh, worked my way up through the chain of command, started in 1993, and I've worked in almost every area of the office. Why don't you just retire? You got your three decades in. Uh, well, oh, it, you're, I know what you're doing. Pension spiking. I know right. what this game is. Nope, we uh, we don't know have what this game uh, defined is. retirement, so we gotta we gotta just. Uh, you you don't have a uh, pension plan? Is uh, it uh, just a normal four hundred one? That's incredible. Yeah, that's superb. Right, sucker. You need to get <laughs> you need to get a pension down there. Yeah, something. Hey, I, I want to ask you a couple things because gun control has been a hot issue at the at the legislature. You've gone down and testified on a couple of these things. Um, I want to first ask you about the red flag law, and it's been updated. You went down there. You had a lot of concerns with this. What's the concern with the red flag law that's been updated now? The governor signed it into law. They they rearranged it. They've changed it. They've expanded it, which sounds so great uh, in a in a media bite. They've expanded a red flag law. And it seems like a great idea because if there's someone who's dangerous, you want to be able to say, hey, let's get the guns away from him. You're the guy who has to deal with that. Why did you feel strongly enough to go down and say, this is not the right way to do it? Well, first and foremost, it's important that people you know, know, you know, absolutely the sheriff of Douglas County is concerned about public safety. We don't want to get people shot. I'll do everything that I can to keep people safe. And it's my staff that's on the front line uh, that might have to deal with these folks. My concern with the expansion of red flag is it opens up uh, potentially Pandora's box when you start having mental health professionals, uh, medical professionals, school teachers that all can petition for a red flag order. Um, I think the people that might need the mental health health help um, the most will be reluctant to get it if they think that potentially their doctor is going to turn them in for a red flag. The red flag laws that work. And there I know Tennessee is looking at one. Dave Copel, who we'll talk to soon, supports red flags if there's due process. The idea that if you have a concern with anybody, you should go and talk to somebody. You should talk to law enforcement. You should talk to DAs. You should talk to somebody who then can get it into the process and have due process. The idea that that a, a psychiatrist or um, anyone can just expand and, and say, 
or taking your guns, that concerns, that concerns me out of due process. One of the things that I'd like to think is truthful about our system is that, yeah, someone can accuse me of crime, but I don't get punished for it. I don't get disarmed for it. I don't have my property taken without due process. This law does just that. I get punished. I get disarmed. I become defenseless because somebody makes a decision and it doesn't go to a judge first. I don't get my say in front of an impartial judge. That's the biggest concern that, that most people have. I mean, even even the, you know, the Second Amendment supporters uh, would agree that they don't want uh, dangerous people uh, that are mentally ill to have firearms. Um, these orders are very difficult to get um, in reality. Now, the way the law is written... How do, you, how do you mean that? What do you mean it's difficult to get? What's we, difficult to get? We have to write an affidavit similar to a search warrant or an arrest warrant to justify the taking of firearms from an individual. The judges, or at least the judge in Douglas County that reviews these case, cases, um, she will take into consideration as the person in custody, is the person already being held on a mental health hold, what information do you have that is can be corroborated, is the information fresh, um, or is it six months old? The enhancement of the, the red flag law um, that the governor just signed, it'll take information um, that is allowed to be put in the affidavit that is old as six months. So very stale information. We can't get a typical search warrant on information that's six months old, depending on the totality of the circumstances. And again, this is why I'm concerned about um, this opening up Pandora's box. But these cases do go in front of a judge to be reviewed. And the way that the law is written, and a lot of jurisdictions are different about how they handle these and the threshold and the burden of proof for each individual judge. The judges in Douglas County will look at these very closely to determine if one will be approved or not. Um, since the original red flag law was um, enacted, we've only done four of these. You know, um, we have really four. Uh, we've executed four, and the the community that that I serve is over two hundred and thirty thousand people. We've done four. So the individuals that we've done the four on, these are these are dangerous folks. We were concerned that people were going to die. Um, there has to be some sort of exigency as well for a judge to approve these orders. My concern with the enhanced red flag law is that uh, some of the legislators didn't get what they thought they were going to get with the original uh, red flag law so that they expanded it so more people could petition for one. When you say they didn't get what they wanted, so... If I understand the new law, there's a wider class of individuals who can, pardon the pun, pull the trigger on a red flag, and then all of a sudden, your folks have to go in and execute this red flag without the oversight of a judge going, I've reviewed it, yes it is, uh, he, and that person has already had the say, the due process to go, judge, that's just not the case. Um, you know... That's, that's my boyfriend from six months ago, and he's a little off his rocker, and he's been, you know, and obviously I'm not a danger, and that, that's just, he's just, he's just crazy. And so please, don't, don't take away the gun that could defend me from a crazy ex-boyfriend who's, who's now trying to take away my gun. And the judge uh, talks to, and here's, here's 
here's a police report that shows he's been stalking me or something else. And, and the judge goes, oh, 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 or whatever it is. Right. And the judge goes, you're absolutely right. Now, if that person or the wider net of people can go, hey, no, she shouldn't have a gun. Uh, and that person happens to be in um, a mental health area or a healthcare area. That woman could lose her gun and you have to go in there and take it. And well, there's not the same due process. Well, am, the, I, am I following that? No, the judge right? still has to approve them. Um, so, but, the, but she doesn't have her moment in court before that happens. Am I am on I the emergency right? orders? Oh, no, right. Not on the emergency orders. Now, on the order that must take place afterwards, yes. So, the way that the law is written, we could do a lot. We could do these every day in Douglas County. We wow. we really could. Um, but the judge is not likely to approve them without again exigency overwhelming uh, information. The new law, the enhanced, those mental health records and those medical records that I told you about, yep. it's actually written in the law that those can be turned over to the court to review to determine if the judge should approve that red flag order. So something in the past wow. that required, you know, um, you know, a search warrant, um, those can be turned over um, to a judge without concern for liability of the petitioner. And it can be up to six months in the past. Correct. So somebody said something to their therapist six months ago, and then it's it's turned over to a judge now. For an ERPO, yeah. And so if you're the therapist or you're somebody that might be on the hook for knowing this information, and you sit back and you're like, ah, if something goes wrong, I don't think I want to be responsible for this you're gonna lead on the, on the side of caution and, and you'll likely do a petition. Now, we'll see what this looks like when it actually uh, becomes law and, and we, gotta, we, we have to do these things. So um, it'll be interesting. Talk to me a little bit. You also went down and testified against the assault weapon ban. And as we're taping this, it looks like the assault weapon ban didn't pass the state level yet. Of course, cities now, since the preemption law has been pulled, cities are doing their own thing and localities are doing their own, their own thing, making lots of folks criminals. They don't even know they're criminals. You're, you're law enforcement. You're supposed to hate the idea that someone has a so-called assault weapon. You know, what I love about the term assault weapon is it's easy to toss around. Nobody can define it. It's, it's kind of like pornography. Well, I know it when I see it, right. but it's hard to say, well, that's, an, you know, nobody can define it in any sort of mechanical way. It's all very cosmetic. It has, it has a pistol grip or it, it, it looks like this. It, it's made, it has a polymer stock instead of a nice wood stock. Right. You know, it's really kind of silly stuff. I would imagine there are lots of people in your nearly 3,000 folks that you uh, um, protect that hate the idea that people have these, what they think are military weapons, which of course they're not military weapons. They kind of look like M16s, but they function completely differently. What made you so passionate that you would go down there and testify against, against a assault weapon ban, a so-called assault weapon ban? Because lawful go-nutters go aren't the problem. Uh, it's people that break the law that's the problem. It's criminals that are the problem. Um, when I testified at the Capitol, I talked about, I've had friends that have been killed in the line of duty. I've had a subordinate that was killed in the line of duty. And in that grief, in that anger, 
I never got mad at the gun. It wasn't the gun that did it. It was the person that pulled the trigger that needed to be held accountable. I think if the legislature really wants to um, advance uh, and keep Coloradans safer, it's keeping criminals behind bars longer. Um, if you truly want to keep uh, the community safe, let's talk about mandatory prison sentences for people convicted of a, a felony involving a firearm. Um, and um, that would be what I would advocate for. Um, tens of millions of people own AR platform rifles. Tens of millions of people aren't committing these acts. It's certain individuals that are committing these acts. You know, three to five Coloradans die every single day from fentanyl overdoses. And, um, you know, where's the people marching in the streets? Where's the people, you know, uh, demanding that we have, you know, justice at the Capitol for holding drug dealers responsible? Um, but, you know, at this point, we're just going Sheriff, after. Sheriff, you don't understand. These are weapons of war. These are weapons of war. They're weapons of mass destruction. They're weapons that only have a place on a battlefield. These are not used for duck hunting. These are weapons that their only purpose is to kill people and kill people quickly. There's no need for people to have these weapons. What is the need someone has for an AR-15? It's the Second Amendment. You don't have to have a need to have a right. Um, our citizens shouldn't have to justify um, their constitutional rights. Um, and um, they shouldn't have to get permission from the government to own a firearm. Um, you know. These AR platform rifles, like I said, they're they're commonly owned weapons, um, and I think there, there's going to this this has already been challenged. Uh, lawsuits already been filed uh, for for other uh, entities that have banned these types of weapons uh, because they're commonly owned, and that's going to be the threshold. So you and I just met. I used to be one of the gun haters. I used to give money to organizations that would try to ban these guns. Um, and I, I, I have a certain amount of sympathy for people who very emotionally want these things gone. They want the unicorns to come and take away these guns. And it takes so long to get over that fear. Now, if, if you're a cop, if you're a deputy, you've, you've trained with these guns, you understand these guns, you've used these guns, the mystery might be gone. How do you explain to, to somebody who, who sees school shootings, who sees kids who are you know, being pimped on by the Bloomberg anti-gun machine, you know, who are scared to go to school because shooters come into schools and, and do these terrible things. How do you explain to the moms and the kids, listen, it's, the gun isn't the issue. You know, in their mind, in my mind, at one age, I looked at this and said, no, the gun's the issue. Wasn't a gun, this wouldn't happen. Make the guns disappear, <laughs> problem solved. Like it would be just that simple. How do you, how do, how do you from, I mean, from your point of view, how do you explain that from a scare, to a scared constituent? Um, the Douglas County Sheriff's Office is one of the leaders and um, co-responder mental health responses. Um, the underlying issue is a mental health crisis in this country. Um, there's no question that things have changed uh, over the years. The key is, is for law enforcement to be engaged with um, mental health, with our mental health clinician, co-responder calls to investigate any allegations of um, intent for people to hurt uh, other people. We 
do an outstanding job uh, in our community of acting and reacting on any information that we get, um, whether it's a threat to a school, threat to public, to drill down on that information to identify what's actually happening here. Uh, from text to tip, anonymous tips that we get from the kids in the schools uh, to, to tips we receive you know, from our dispatch center. Um, that's the way to address these problems, to strengthen school security. Um, I don't think the right course of action is to limit the rights of our citizens um, under the guise of safety. Um, I, and I'm not, I don't want to come across as an anti-government right. people person, because I'm not, no. I'm not at all. I, I'm part of the government, I'm public safety. Um, but the, the issue is, is, is we've got to get these underlying causes um, identified and get these people help, get these people treatment. Um, that's, that's the biggest issue. Um, it's not taking away the, the firearms from, from law-abiding citizens. Law-abiding citizens aren't the issue. It's criminals and people with mental health problems. It seems to me, tell me if I'm wrong on this, it seems to me that rank and file law enforcement, cops on the beat, deputies serving their community, remarkably have been pro-Second Amendment. Uh, you talk to them, they are comfortable with the people they serve having guns. I've just always been amazed how much they say, you know, when the citizens are armed, they're better protected. I have found higher up police chiefs and some sheriffs, and there's a real difference for the people who don't know, usually sheriffs are elected. And so they, they have, in your case, you know, 250,000 bosses. And you've got to keep them all happy, otherwise you lose your well, job. Well, countywide, I got almost 400,000 bosses. Oh, you got 400,000? All right, well, I'm sorry, 400,000 <laughs> bosses. And that means every time one of your guys pulls somebody over, you're not, you're not just, it's just not a driver you pulled over. Um, that's, that's a constituent. And so you've got to treat them differently. In cities, it's a whole different thing that the top dog is a political appointee from the mayor, at most from the city council. So he's got one guy he's got to keep happy. Uh, you got 400,000 bosses you got to keep happy. And so the, there's just a whole different dynamic I've found. But overall, I found that the guys on the beat support the Second Amendment, support the people they serve having guns. Chiefs of police often don't, and occasionally sheriffs don't. And that's why um, I found sheriffs, you can always see supporting gun rights. Chiefs of police, not so much, because the guy they serve, their one boss, is usually an anti-gunner. I've never seen a big city chief of police going up there going, no, I'm gonna protect my citizens' rights to have that AR-15, um, uh, or this ERPO law is wrong. Um, talk to me a little bit about most law enforcement guys. How do they feel? Are you an exception? No, I think most uh, law enforcement people are very pro-Second Amendment. Anytime we have contact with somebody, we assume that they have a, a fire on, firearm on them. Really? Oh, absolutely. Why is that? Because you have to assume the worst. You know, you have to treat uh, citizens, you know, the same. You, you, you are um, friendly, approachable, but you're always guarded in the back of your mind. You may not look like it, but you have to assume any individual has a firearm on them, any individual, whether it's a traffic stop, you don't know if you're stopping right. a, a soccer mom or somebody that just robbed a bank. So you have to assume that they could be dangerous. 
but you don't want to go up to every contact with a person acting like they might have a gun and, you know, you're being all tactical and, you know, rolling in the dirt or whatever. Just you, you make contact with people like that. You treat people as they w- want to be treated, you know, and the contact will go however the contact goes. But uh, law enforcement across the country uh, assumes people are armed, that they wouldn't be very good at their and job. And still, if they most cops are pro-Second Amendment. Absolutely. Wouldn't your job be so much easier if your assumption is when you pull over that car, he shouldn't have a gun on him. Wouldn't that just be easier? It's not realistic, though. It's, really? Yeah, no, not at all. So still, even knowing your job would be easier if everyone was unarmed, you're still supportive? Absolutely. Why? Because it's America. <laughs> and, and we have rights in America. We have, we have, we have freedom in America. Um, we shouldn't punish our entire population for the acts of, of individual criminals and people that want to hurt people. Um, you know, but if you go to Douglas County, any contact that you have with the Douglas County Deputy Sheriff, you know, they're going to be cordial, they're going to be professional, and they're going to know how to do their job well. And uh, Let me throw this one at you, and it might be mental ninja, but there's a whole group of defund the cops, all right? There's a lot of people who really dislike law enforcement, and some maybe for some good reasons. A lot of that that group has a big overlap with the gun control crowd. They want to disarm citizens. And I've never quite understood this, which is, wait a second, you don't trust the cops. Uh, I think a lot of Black Lives Matter. You don't trust the cops. uh, And you want to disarm the people. If I'm following this through, at the end of the day then, only the cops who you don't trust are the ones with the guns. This doesn't seem to be the world you want, is it? You know, as I I told a a black friend of mine once, it's like, all right, I understand you don't like the cops. And the guy really doesn't like the cops. He doesn't trust the cops. I said, fine. And he doesn't like guns. I said, fine. Disarm all the white guys. Disarm all the black guys. The man is still going to have the cop. uh, The man is still going to have the guns. And so I worry about gun control, not now, but in 50 and 100 years, when we split society that citizens have fewer and fewer uh, guns or less tactical guns, and cops have more of those guns. We don't have ARs. They have ARs. And one of the beauties of American law enforcement is that Cops, your deputies are us. They're our neighbors. Absolutely. They're our family members. They're not the other person. You know, um, I hate to say Andy, Andy Griffith, but Andy Taylor was, you know, that they're part of the community. They're not the other. Because once they become an occupying force, that becomes dangerous. And if they're outgunned from the people, then you've really started to talk about something that could be perverted. Not now, not maybe not in my lifetime, but in the future. I think about these things. Is that a is that a fair thing to worry about? You know, I don't know. It depends on where where we're going with the yeah. legislature. I mean, it's it, it's hard to say. Colorado is extremely divided right now. Uh, it really is. Douglas County is is unique in that, um, regardless of your party affiliation. And you know, I I serve all citizens of my community. But regardless of party affiliation, people want to live and work in a safe environment. 
And so, and, and go Doug, figure. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and in Douglas County, we have that, and it's I don't see that contrast that that are that exists in other areas of Colorado or around the country. It's it doesn't exist in Douglas County right now. Doesn't feel that way in downtown Denver. Yep, and I think that's why you see a lot less people coming to downtown Denver. I talk to a lot of people; they they don't come down here unless they have to. That's sad. It is. I I I remember, and it wasn't that long ago that you know I I'd, I'd take my wife you know down to Sixth Street Sixteenth Street Mall and go to dinner and go see a show or something like that. That doesn't happen anymore. Why don't you do that anymore? I'm just curious. Because of the criminal element along 16th Street, you know, it's lined with with homeless individuals that uh, may may or may not try to hurt, you know, my 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 spouse or or you know, it, it's the crime that's down there. You know, it's 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 just not worth it. Um, and it also feels icky. It does. It, it does. It didn't used to feel that way, and that, it wasn't that long ago. Do you think it's going to get better? I hope so. I really do. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, that whoever gets into the mayor's office takes public safety seriously, addresses the homeless population uh, that's down here, addresses crime and is aggressive with crime. Uh, in Douglas County, um, we are aggressive in our crime fighting efforts. We do everything we can to keep our community safe. We are still very proactive. Uh, Denver, I think they're just reactive. Uh, they, can o- they only have enough cops to respond to calls where they're needed. That's not a good place to be. We're still proactive in Douglas. Remarkable, remarkable. Let me ask you about concealed carry permits, if you don't mind. You've been doing this now for three decades in Douglas County, so you, you're very tight area of the state. Uh, we've had concealed carry laws for about 20 years that have been shall issue, and maybe the in Douglas County, maybe you've been doing it longer than that. How often have people with concealed carry permits committed crimes with those guns? Um, rarely, uh, rarely. Um, I, I have to look at the stats on how many concealed weapons holders that we have. I want to say it's close to probably 40,000 in Douglas County because the sheriff gives all the concealed weapons permits. That, get, by the way, that runs about, that's a little higher than average from what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that, last I heard was 9% of all Colorado adults have uh, concealed carry permits. So if you have 10%. I want to say the neighborhood of 44,000 Yeah, so that'd be, yeah. what, 10% of the population. Yeah. And that's the population, not just adults. Yeah. Wow. And so um, I'm assuming that there are people carrying guns around Douglas County. They're just popping off all the place, shooting up windows, uh, pulling them. Every time they get into a, uh, a traffic stop or something, they go crazy. Or if traffic's bad, they shoot somebody. What's Usually, typically, when it comes to our attention, they're arrested for a domestic violence um, offense or they were placed on a mental health hold or something like that. And then they're subject to getting their concealed weapons permit revoked. Um, so it wasn't that they were using a gun improperly and had their permit taken. It was that they're having a fight with their spouse or girlfriend at home. And because of that, as due course, they have to have their they have to have their uh, concealed weapon permit taken. Correct. So they weren't using a gun in a crime. They, they were in a domestic fight, and off it goes. Right. Okay. Typically, that's what we see. It's very rare out of that 44,000 that they use that gun in the commission of an offense. I think since I've been the sheriff, 
I've only had one come across my desk where the, the gun has actually been used in any manner. Right. All those decades? Well, no, just as the sheriff. As uh, the now, sheriff. the previous sheriff, okay. um, I don't know what he, he looked at. Okay. Do you support people having concealed weapons permits? Do you a- absolutely. I think the more law-abiding citizens that we have that are armed, um, the safer we all are. Um, you know, you, you take the Aurora, Aurora Theater shooting, for, for example. If we had one person in that theater who was armed, that could have defended people, that might have ended a lot differently. Um, you know, any, any type of mass shooting event, if we have a law-abiding citizen who's armed that knows how to use that weapon properly to defend people, because even if we get there quickly, you know, the STEM school shooting, we were, we were inside that building within a few minutes. It was still a few minutes too late. And so um, I fully support uh, law-abiding citizens carrying weapons. As the old saying goes, uh, when... When seconds counts, when seconds count, the cops are only minutes away. Right. And, and we'll get there as soon as we can, and we'll do our job to the best of our ability. But it, it may take a couple minutes. You know, I look around the history of Colorado, New Life Church in Colorado Springs, where an armed uh, citizen put down a, a shooter. I look at in Thornton, uh, Old Town Thornton, I think it was, uh, where a, a civilian put down a, a mass shooter. I look at theater shootings, I've shopping center shootings, church shootings, and in my hometown of Boulder, uh, now with the preemption law in effect, our city council has prohibited concealed carry in the places where shootings have happened. In the King Supers, where I personally shop, in theaters, <laughs> in places of worship, so in the places where people need to defend themselves, we're now barred from defending ourselves. And I wonder uh, when the next shooting happens if, if the people in the city council will be held accountable for the loss of life personally. Mm-hmm. And no, there's, there's, there's this immunity that they have, and that's really, that's really too bad. Let me throw this one at you, out of left field. Going back to the question of bifurcating the society. If, if cops get to have these guns, but people, citizens don't, and over time it grows differently. And this, it really worries me because what's different about American law enforcement, as we said, is that you are us. And what's so different, you go down to South America, you go down to Mexico, and people don't trust the cops. I know a lot of Americans don't trust the cops, but but by and large, Americans call the police. They know the police. Mm-hmm. Um, police, by and large, are good guys. They don't take bribes. In Mexico, if there's a crime, you don't call the cops. I go to Mexico often, so yes. Yeah, right. Is that where you get your bribes? No, I do not. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I gave a speech in front of a bunch of cops on, on this topic, and one of them came up to me afterwards and said, I, I know what you mean, that in America, Police are often the first line of defense for the Constitution because we, you know, it's a different thing here that we're empowered not by a thug in charge or work for whoever the tyrant, king, whatever, but for this, for the idea of of liberty. He said, I pulled over a woman once who was from another country. I forget what um, um, South American country. And I, she did some traffic violation. And I said, well, just don't do it again. I'll give you a warning. And she said, there was an awkward pause. And she said, so you're going to follow me home? And I, uh, 
I didn't understand. And he didn't understand either. He said, no, just don't do this again. And then it hit him where she was from because she was an attractive woman for her not to get a ticket or be hassled or jailed or whatever. The cop would follow her home. She would have to have sex with him. And that was how she would get out of not being in legal trouble or not being brought into the jail, whatever it was, because he was a thug. That's what a cop was. Yeah. He had the power and he could just, he could just do that. And so this, this, this foreign woman gets pulled over and just thinks, well, guy with a badge and a gun, so you're gonna follow me home. And, I, and as an American, the, the thought of that was just so sickening. Um, because we don't think that way. No. We just don't think that way. And I don't ever want it to get that way. No. And I really worry, what I w worry about with, with gun control, not now, years from now, when the next generation, the next generation, that if cops are allowed to have these arms and these arms and these arms, and cops are already isolated, that's why suicide is high in your business, because they hang out with cops. Yeah. We they, kill ourselves a lot faster than the bad guys are killing us. Why is that, by the way? I think it's the, because of the isolation. I think it's the stress of the job. Um, I mean, even in Douglas County, I, through my 30-year career, I've seen horrific things that people can't imagine. Uh, you know, and for, I'm sure for big cities like Denver and Aurora, they see, see a lot worse things. But we are very isolated. We're a different group um, in terms of we, we don't, we're different than the average citizen. It's just, it's, it's, we're just isolated. You, you know, see when we, the ugliness. Yeah, absolutely. Seen a, uh, there's a book, uh, what is it? Emotional Survival for Police or something like that. Yeah. It's, it, and really the, the whole premise is the problem with cops. The problem with cops, let me tell you. Now, the problem is that you isolate with other cops. So you, you're hanging out with people who see the ugly side of society. Yeah. And before you, you're not, you're not hanging out at the neighborhood barbecue. You're not hanging out with regular folks. See, you're hanging out with other people who deal with people who, who are ugly, and you clean. And before you know it, you think the world's pretty ugly, but it's not that bad. No, they're, they're, you know, and and if it keeps going this way, it's going to be bad for you guys. It's going to be even worse for us because cops are going to turn into those people we fear. Yeah, I mean, if you go to a, a party or a barbecue neighborhood barbecue, you know, if somebody finds out you're the cop, then they got a million questions for you or. You know, is they, that a bad thing? Do you, do you hate that or do you like that? Sometimes it gets old. Uh, what questions do you hate the most? Because um, I want to ask it. No, seriously. No, it's, uh, it's just uh, questions about you know, certain cases or whatever is going, is going oh, on right, in the right. country and why didn't they do this or why didn't they do that? You know, and it, some of those questions are easy to answer. Some of them are not uh, you know, so easy to answer because you don't know all the details. But you know, if, if they keep, you know, if you go somewhere, you just want to be a normal person and you, know, you can't even escape. Uh, just for a few hours to go to a barbecue, it's like, uh, you know, you know, I've actually gone places. I'm like, don't tell them I'm a cop, you know, because it just it just changes the whole atmosphere with people. It changes the interaction that people have with you if if they find out you're a cop. It's a different world, and they stop offering you weed. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. really awful. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see cops in their civilian life have to live by the same gun laws. I worry that cops can have 
30-round magazines. People, other people can't. They can retire and have their magazines. They can't. I worry in time that bifurcates us. Uh, so uh, I, I, I want cops to be citizens and live by the same laws. It bothers me that cops never get traffic tickets. Um, uh, <laughs> retired cops never get traffic tickets. They all have their badge with them right. in their wallet. Right. And so you end up getting this idea that you know, cops, don't, cops don't have to live by the same laws other people do. And that's, that's a dangerous thing when you build it out over years. Right. And no, it absolutely can be. I mean, uh, we, every, every traffic stop is body cam now. So, I mean, yeah. we, we treat, we treat everybody the same, you know, if they get it, you know, if they, not cops. well, if, if they cross the line, DUI, heck yeah, they're going DUI. to jail, you know, something like that. But let me tell you, who, I run a, I run a red light and a cop runs, runs a red light and he's retired. One of us is getting a ticket. The other one isn't. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, come on. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I got cops that, that write their own mother a ticket. So I want those guys. All right, let's finish this up on on on, on guns. Okay. Um, first, thank you for coming down and testifying on these things. It probably angers some of your constituents. And as as Douglas County changes, it, that's that's a tough thing to do. What is the one thing you want your constituents to know about guns that they don't really know? The ones who are scared about this and go, "Why are you doing this?" Go find the guy who stole my car. You know, gun, guns are dangerous in the hands of people that have ill intent or have evil in their hearts. You know, the, the House bill, I think it's a 231165, where it talks about shooting on your own private property. Um, oh, there, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, there's, so, there's already yeah. laws on the books for that. It's called reckless endangerment. It's always been there. Um, you know, I was uh, I had some discussions with uh, Rep Representative uh, Amabile from from Boulder early on about this. Uh, members of the County Sheriff's of Colorado had a, a phone call with her uh, as she was writing this bill, and there was really no rhyme or reason or how many houses on per square mile that they wanted to. Those put people on there. listening, and there was a bill that said that. But right now, if you own property, you can shoot on it, assuming you're not bothering people. Um, and there was a bill to say that county commissioners could outlaw that. Right. You know, Colorado is a big state. It is. And to say that a guy who owns 50,000 acres and you can't shoot on your own property, I, I don't want some county commissioner telling this guy he can't do that. No, no. And uh, again, we already have a law on the books. It's, it's reckless endangerment. So if you're shooting in an unsafe manner, that's already a criminal offense. We didn't need to add another law on the books. What about if it's the noise is bothering somebody? That's that's where we get into a little bit more of a, a touchy touchy subject. There, a no, noise ordinance could be could be potentially beneficial, but then you have to have noise meters, and the deputy has to go out with the noise meter while somebody's shooting. You know, in, in Douglas County, uh, we really haven't had an issue with this. It's not a problem. Um, you know, it's this from my understanding of this and how this law came to fruition. It was a certain community that had a certain had one problem, guy. and they had to make a state law that, that covers it when it's already been covered. It's already, it's just, it's just another another law in the books. What drives me crazy about, pardon me, what drives me crazy about this is we have suppressors. Mm -hmm. They're like mufflers for guns, right? You know, and they're almost impossible to get. They are really, and it's too bad because guns are really loud. And this would make them not silence. They're not silencers. If you've ever been no. around them, they're not. They just help bring the volume down. I was on SWAT really for many years, and you could tell I've, I have 
uh, I wear hearing aids because I'm darn near deaf now from being on SWAT for so long. Uh, but we issue uh, suppressors. It's not like in the movies where it's like, you know, a whisper. Yeah, exactly, when it goes off. But it saves people's hearing uh, when, when guns are fired. You can actually fire an AR platform rifle with a suppressor on it and not need uh, hearing, uh, hearing protection. But it's not what it's like in the movies. So um, I'm not concerned about suppressors. And that was a big deal for the legislature um, on this assault weapons ban. And they just, they don't, they don't understand how these things work. Which is too bad because they would solve the problem they're trying to solve. Right. It's how movies ruin everything. It's like switchblades. Yep. You know, if it wasn't for West Side Story, there wouldn't be no there'd be no bans on switchblades. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, it is silly. Um, you know, it, we had a we had a, a tragic uh, incident that we had, but we had a, a recent shooting at an RTD uh, parking garage, and uh, the the shootout resulted in our officers having to fire. Um, I think they all have possibly a major hearing loss. From oh, firing. was it in a structure? Yep. Oh, yep. And, and firing without suppressors, um, they may have some some permanent uh, hearing loss. So, um, you know, suppressors are not evil. They're they're really not, but they've they've been branded that way. It's it's too bad. Anything else I should know that I don't know? Probably I mean, a lot. But I yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. Nothing's coming to mind. Well, it's amazing to me how many sheriffs care about this issue and how many sheriffs really do stand up and talk about it. Um, and it amazes me how many chiefs of police don't. Well, to your point, the sheriffs are elected by the people. Um, I can't be taken out of office by a county commissioner or you know so, some board. I have to be recalled. That, that's a good thing because I represent my constituents and I'm responsible to them. I'm not responsible to one individual. Um, and across the board, um, I'm responsible for public safety you know, for all party affiliations, not just one. And I do the best that I can. My people do the best that they can to keep the community safe. And I work hard 24 hours a day, seven days a week to do that. I'm on call all the time. And uh, I'm very engaged in the community and, and what's happening. Except for the last 45 minutes when you had your radio off. I, I did. You, I can tell you're getting twitchy. So we're going to say goodnight. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. And I hope you'll subscribe and follow the show. We have new ones released weekly. Remember, this audio was taken from our TV show. To watch it, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.